Welcome back, everybody, to Dad Travel. This is AJ Johnson, your host, and uh, I've been meaning to put this episode out for a while and just been caught up with high school teaching and coaching baseball and everything else. Today is actually one of the first days that I've been able to go and pick up my kids at, at um, sooner than, what, five thirty, six o'clock, and so I brought them home and and uh, play with them for a little bit, help my daughter with homework, probably a good two hours earlier than normal, and uh, let them watch a little TV after homework, and then actually went out and fired the grill up and cooked some ribeyes and made some homemade stuffed mushrooms, and it, it, it's just been a, a beautiful night. It's, you know, Texas had been getting a little warm there for a little bit, and so today in Houston it was a high of maybe 59, 60, low in the maybe high 30s, low 40s, <clears throat> so the perfect night to actually sit outside and grill a little bit and, and enjoy life. So, um, But episode 12, welcome. So the theme for tonight is, drum roll, all right? it is my next trip to Europe. So I've talked about previously, um, I, I know I mentioned at the tail end of this last episode uh, about Disney World, but... With my mom's passing in November, <clears throat> you know, one thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to be able to get away and and go take a trip of my own. And I looked for a, a few months trying to pin down exactly what I want to do. You know, originally I wanted to go someplace either completely brand new or a place maybe I'd been but not really traveled a whole bunch. And so um, that trip evolved. <clears throat> Originally, it was going to be a completely solo trip. I was going to go on my own for two weeks, you know, 10, 10 days, 14 days, um, and just see if I could deal with pure solo travel. And over time, mentioned that to more than one person, and <clears throat> um, it's ended up being a trip now where uh, Eric... Y'all have heard me mention before, me and him are going to go on this trip. And also, we're going to include our friend Gorg, better known as Greg. And uh, and he's going to um, come along the same time that Eric does. And so, um, so originally, the trip was going to be in Northern Ireland. <clears throat> we wanted some place where the language barrier was not going to be a, a major issue. Um, you know, some place that we feel like we could go around and have a good time, but not really be, you know, um, out of the norm that much. And so we're going to go to Northern Ireland, you know, with Game of Thrones last season coming up. And um, that would have been really, really cool to go and then visit some of the shooting locales and, and sets. And because I'm a complete GOT nerd. Um, but. The, really, the the biggest thing that I was looking at for this trip, because <clears throat> even though I pulled a little bit of money away, you know, I still want to be as financially um, smart as possible. Um, so Belfast, Northern Ireland was originally going to be the trip, mainly due to the flights from Houston, Texas to Belfast. Um, tickets were, you know, nine hundred bucks, give or take. Um, you know, and I, I believe I purchased my tickets maybe four months, five months out, um, or at least that was the main time that I was looking. But one day, 
I get a notification from one of my favorite apps related to travel, the Hopper app. If you guys don't have Hopper or if you don't have Skyscanner, I completely um, recommend both those to y'all. These are apps where they are going to keep an eye on whatever destinations and time frames you want to travel and, and, and fly to, and they will let you know um, either what the best time is or whether to hold off, whether to go ahead and buy now, you know, and um, I'd had a notification set up being watched in Hopper for <clears throat> flights from Houston to Scotland. And one day I get a notification that um, there's a flight to Edinburgh for $750, give or take, which to put that in perspective, when me and the wife went to uh, to Barcelona with our same friends, Eric and Denise, you know, I think we spent maybe $1,200 per person to go there. And so 750 bucks sounded too good to be true. <clears throat> Ended up looking into it more, and the flight over was good. It was the flight back that was a little bit crazy. Uh, pretty much all the $750 tickets had um, extreme layovers or extreme weights in, uh, in layover destinations. Um, so I ended up going with just a little bit more expensive a ticket. I, I want to say I ended up paying like 900 on the dot somewhere close to there, but ended up getting a really, really good deal for where we're going. <clears throat> Cause Scotland is, is, you know, really Edinburgh outside London and Dublin is probably the, the next big destination throughout, um, Great Britain. And so booked our tickets, um, and you know, really me and Eric, especially we booked our tickets before we really sort of sat back and thought, Oh, we'd plan on going to Belfast. And now all of a sudden we've completely shifted plans, you know, and going to Scotland and, um, you know, we sort of talked it through and you'd be like, you know, is this really what we want to do? And honestly, I think Scotland was where we wanted to go the entire time. Um, but Cost-wise, it was not the most feasible until we saw these cheap tickets. And so uh, I am completely overjoyed. Um, I'm actually going over early and staying longer than my friends are. Um, so I wanted to take a true two weeks. And I got to admit, my wife, she's been absolutely amazing with, you know, sort of understanding why I want to take this trip, you know, and to sort of... <clears throat> sort of find myself post, uh, post dealing with the, the, the death of my mom and, you know, sort of being able to, to get out and relax and, and as much as I'm going to hate being away from her and being away f from my kids and being away from home in general, um, I think it's something that I, I'm going to sort of need because I've had to, had to go through so many things and take care of so many odds and ends and I'm still taking care of, um, that it's going to be nice to sort of be selfish for, you know, two weeks and go out and, and sort of do whatever it is that I want to go out and do within Edinburgh um, and Scotland as a whole. So my plan right now is the last two weeks of June, <clears throat> I'll fly out and I'll get there about, I want to say like five days, five to six days ahead of, ahead of my buddies. And so my thought was, what do I do while waiting on them to get over there? And I've talked about it previously, my love of scotch. <clears throat> and even when we were planning the Belfast trip, um, the, one of the closest islands of Scotland, but, but 
close to Northern Ireland is the island of Isla. And for those of y'all that are not whiskey enthusiasts, Isla really produces some of the peatiest or smokiest whiskeys uh, that Scotland has to offer. And um, some of my favorite distilleries hail from there. Uh, distilleries like Laphroaig, which Laphroaig is one that it it's so strong tasting that the commercials themselves, really all they have to do is invite people who've never tasted it before to come in and try it and sort of record their reactions. And uh, the descriptions that people give after tasting it, you know, have pretty much turned into, you know, almost like a, uh, um, a interesting, you know, cultural thing. You know, people will describe it um, so many different ways, some, some disgusting sounding, some of them just the way they came up with those words is, is hard to co- comprehend. Um, but Laphroaig is one of my favorite distilleries. <clears throat> I'm actually a friend of Laphroaig and look forward to going there because uh, pretty much with every bottle, as far as I know, because every bottle I've bought from them has offered this, you can sign up to be a friend of Laphroaig and you actually, after you sign up, you're actually pretty much um, renting out, you're giving uh, pretty much a free rent of a certain plot of land there on the distillery. And um, when you go there, you, you actually get to see it. And if, unless I'm mistaken, I believe you can actually go and, and decorate that little one foot by one foot plot or whatever it is, however, which way you want to. Something I'm definitely going to have to look back into now that I'm actually going there. Uh, but other places, so Lafroy is close to Port Ellen. And, and also you have, you have Ardbeg. You have Lagavulin, which is one of the more recent scotches that I've had. My outstanding sister-in-law, Anna, bought me a Lagavulin 16-year for uh, Christmas of 2017, um, and it was outstanding. Now, other distilleries there that we may go to, I know Balmore, which is, that's where we're going to be based out of um, when I go there. So, and I've actually jumped ahead a little bit. So I'm taking a 16-person private trip through Ravi's Tours. Um, that they'll actually pick me up in Edinburgh. So I get there, um, I believe on the 15th of June, on the 16th, I wake up from my Airbnb, um, and walk just a couple minutes, um, to the main bus station there in Edinburgh. And what Ravi's offers is they, they offer, you know, small group private tours, you know, you don't have to worry about any of the transportation. They take care of all that for you. Um, when you sign up, you can actually um, you can actually have them take care of your um, of your hotel or, or B&B stay, or you can set it up on your own. I chose to let them take care of my accommodations, and and uh, and I'm anxious to hear back sort of what they figured out because I know Isla's a small small uh, small ta- uh, small island, and Balmore is a small village. <clears throat> and then they have very, very qualified tour guides, and every single review that I saw of Ravi's was highly positive. The only thing that ever got a negative review was really just the weather, which, you know, if you're going to Scotland or anywhere in Great Britain or the UK, you know, the weather can change on a dime. And so that's something that you need to know before ever going there. And I don't think these people um, really were, were, you know, 
mentally aware that that could happen. But anyway, so Rabbies, um, 60 person van were loud. I think two pieces of luggage, one, you know, carry on no more than 30 pounds and then a personal item. And they're going to drive us from Edinburgh. <clears throat> we'll drive, um, pretty much straight, straight through Glasgow to the Western coast. And, um, on the way, we'll stop at, I believe, one to two distilleries, potentially, and then we'll actually take a ferry crossing over to Isla, and Isla is one of the main um, islands of the inner, um, and I could be butchering the pronunciation, but the the Hebrides Islands, or Hebrides, honestly, I'm unsure of exactly how it's pronounced, and um, and then we'll be based out of Balmore, and again, you know, we'll go to Ardbeg, we'll go to Lagavulin, we'll go to... Uh, um, Lafroig, um, and then we'll obviously go to Balmore since we're there in the village. And then there's several other um, distilleries there on the island. The, the other one that I'm very, very anxious to go to is the distillery of Kilkoman. <clears throat> and this is a pretty much, as far as I know, the only true farm to table distillery um, in Scotland. I mean, they literally own and take care of every single process of making the spirit, which I find really, really cool and had never heard of um, Kilkelman until I went to Germany and visited my foreign exchange kid. His dad ended up taking me to sort of like a local wine and spirit um, sort of tasting party. And um, the owner of the establishment where this is being held at sort of introduced me to it. And I just fell in love immediately. You know, that was the one thing that I remembered of all the different spirits that I tried that night um, was how amazing Kilkelman was. I mean, they own the they own the barley fields, they own the uh, um, they own the peat bogs, they own all that, and they take care of every single step on their own. They they don't get anything from another institution and then bring it into their house to uh, to make their product. And so, um, but. Besides that, I, I believe uh, Brookladic uh, and a few others are potential ones. <clears throat> Pretty much, they they guarantee that you're going to see anywhere between you know six to eight, occasionally even ten distilleries your entire trip. And so this is a four day, three night thing. Pick me up in Edinburgh, drop me back off, and um, once I saw sort of what Rabbies had to offer, I was extremely, extremely excited for it. Um, you know. I think most Americans are worried about potentially driving, you know, in Britain due to them driving on the you know other side of the car as well as the other side of the road. You know, um, there's also the option for automatic transmission is not near as likely in Britain as it is in the U.S. I mean, yes, they have them, but, you know, potentially could pay more for them or they could just be all booked up before you ever uh, have an opportunity to get your own. So, and the island of Isla is one that, from what I've read, is, is very spaced out. And so you really need either a car yourself or somebody to take you around. And so Ravi sort of offered that, that option to me to where now I don't have to worry about, you know, going to the distillery and having a little too much fun and getting in that car. Especially when I recently read that Scotland has one of the lowest allowed um, uh, blood alcohol levels for drivers. You know, here in the U.S. is 0.08 in most states. Uh, in Scotland, I think I read that it was 0.01, um, which pretty much 
you could probably get that from, just from taking a sip of certain drinks, let alone drinking the whole thing. So, so now I don't have to worry about any of that. Don't have to worry about driving. Don't have to worry about um, renting a vehicle. <clears throat> you know, and you know the only negative of Ravi's is is some of the entrances um, or entrance fees to certain places aren't always covered. But at the same time, I sort of like that fact because then now you get to go and actually choose whether you want to go into that establishment or not. So if they go to a, a distillery you're not a big fan of or a historical site that you don't necessarily feel you need to uh, to spend your money on, you can not go to that and they'll give you other options there locally that you can go and spend your time or, um, or you know, just different plans that you can go and partake in it if you're not interested in that option. And so I'll be there again, four days, three nights, head back to Edinburgh. And then I have two nights and one day until my buddies come. And so on the way back, I ended up booking a Airbnb in a totally different part of Edinburgh that I've ever been to. <clears throat> and it's a totally different area than what me and my buddies are thinking about uh, renting an Airbnb at uh, for the remainder of our stay. Um, and I just so happened to find a house. I wanted to try to stay with a local as much as possible. Um, I didn't necessarily want to, you know, sleep on a couch and do, you know, the couch surfing or anything like that yet. But I found an Airbnb with a family there right on the edge of the Botanical Royal Gardens. Um, the husband is American. The wife is Irish. Uh, I believe one of them's a doctor, one of them's a lecturer there at university, and they have a, a basement flat that they rent out, or maybe even a couple. And I'm not going to lie, they have a big golden retriever. And so uh, I'm a huge dog person, so that was sort of the icing on the cake, knowing that you know if I get to missing my animals or missing my kids, there's a dog there to play with. So so that was definitely icing on the cake. But um, So yeah, stay there for two nights. Uh, the other big thing about sort of its location is it's a easy walking distance to Dean Village, which is a cool little part of, um, of Edinburgh and another little neighborhood called Stockbridge, if I remember correctly. And then from there, it's also not a bad walk. It's still a little further, but it's not a bad walk to uh, Leith, which is pretty much their port and docks area that is, is sort of going through a major gentrification right now. And there's a lot of good restaurants and bars and pubs and, and shops to go through and peruse. So besides exploring Leith and Stockbridge and Dean Village and all that, um, I'm really just going to try to go out and do stuff that maybe is off the beaten path uh, for the you know, 24, 36 hours that I'm there before my friends arrive. Because <clears throat> I know they're going to want to go and do some of the touristy things, you know, go to the Royal Mile, um, go, to, go to Castle Rock, which is Castle Edinburgh. You know, and do some of the more touristy things because neither of them have ever been to Edinburgh or Scotland as a whole, as, as far as I'm concerned. And um, and it, it'll be fun to be able to show them what little I do know about about the city. Um, from there, you know, me and Eric, we talked previously about our, our golf travels. We uh, are considering going up to St. Andrews and trying to play at least some golf in Edinburgh, around Edinburgh, but also in St. Andrews, uh, you know, getting on at the old course is extremely difficult. So I'm not really counting on that, but you know, St. Andrews has multiple courses there 
Um, the area itself has a whole bunch of links and parkland courses there. So we're hoping to get out and, you know, maybe, maybe golf two to three days total over a 10 day period. And then really from there, it's, it's really whatever we want to do. Um, I don't think we need, you know, let's say five days in Edinburgh and five days in St. Andrews. I personally would like to get, um, to some other destinations, uh, whether it's going to Glasgow, which, you know, I've heard, I've heard Edinburgh be described as the more popular, um, you know, prettier city, but Glasgow has been described as, you know, pretty much the less attractive, but a whole lot more fun place to go. And so whether we go to Glasgow or honestly, I'd really like to go to the Highlands, you know, maybe get up to, uh, uh, Inverness and, you know, take some day trips from there. I'm big on my family tree and, and genealogy. And so I've actually found that one of my nearest relatives, um, that, that was from a different country was actually from Scotland. He was actually from, uh, the Inverness area. So it'd be cool to be able to go to a place that I absolutely know a hundred percent that, my, I believe it's my great, 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 great grandfather actually lived and was born in that area. And to sort of, you know, take that in and, and, and be able to sort of savor a fact that, you know, for once I actually can identify exactly where my, you know, you know, my family comes from, or at least one part of my family comes from. Um, cause I, I think that's one thing that I've had issues with in the past. You know, if you're a white person in in the U.S. you know, and and, and you don't have relatives that are fairly recent um, from other countries, you know, you could be so many different things. Uh, whether it's Irish or Italian or you know English, Scottish, Irish, German, French, Austrian, whatever else it is, and so um, and it just so happens that. I am, according to one of the DNA sites, I'm 70.5% British. Uh, and most of those places come from, um, I have a lot of genealogy from England. I have a lot from Ireland and, and probably Scotland is my third most common. But again, it, it's one of my most recent ancestors. And so I, I think that's pretty cool. And, and, uh, and from, from what little I can gather about the guy, he was a very, very interesting person too. So, um, so hopefully we can go up the Highlands and check out a few places. I know a couple of my other favorite distilleries are, are really, really close. Uh, Balvini, which was, you know, totally responsible for me getting into scotch. Um, it's just a couple hours away. Um, growing up, I despised whiskey because my father, whenever we were sick, he would give us whiskey and cokes you know and it wasn't you know it wasn't very heavy on the whiskey and i always thought god i hate whiskey it's it's disgusting and come to find out i didn't really hate whiskey i hated cheap whiskey mixed with coke it was just way too sweet and sugary and just wasn't wasn't my cup of tea by any means so uh the wife bought me a bottle of balvini on a cruise when i was in my mid-20s and from there i have just falling head over heels, uh, especially for scotch. Um, scotch is by far my favorite whiskey. Bourbon's my second. And then, you know, Irish whiskey's probably my third. Um, but Balvini's there, and I want to say either Glenlivet or Glenfiddich 
is very, very nearby Balvini, and so that'd be a very, very easy trip. Besides that, there are some really cool castles and other historical sites um, within just, you know, a, a stone's throw. And, and um, But this is a trip that I think, you know, I, I've wanted to go on a lot of trips, but I don't know if there's ever been a trip I've needed to go on more than this. Um, the island of Isla, when I get there, I know it's, you know, I think only 3,000 people live on the island at any given time. And so it's going to be a little bit more remote. You know, even though I'm going to be surrounded by, by other people there on the tour, um, I think it's going to give me some time to reflect and, you know, sort of live in my own thoughts and, and, and figure myself out and, and think about everything that's gone on and everything that's going to continue going on. Um, in my life, especially with within my side of the family, and and um, just sort of, you know, take a moment for for you know to breathe it all in and 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 adjust to how life has changed. And so, um, thoroughly looking forward to it. You know, I've traveled with Eric again multiple times. Gorg, I've never traveled with, uh, but he is a very, very dear friend of both me and Eric, and, and I think it'll be fun for the three of us to go around and, and, um, and, and, and experience Scotland. And so, um, so that's where I'm going to leave y'all. Um, now, I do have some other trips planned in the not-so-near future. Um, if you like cruises, my wife is actually going on a really cool cruise here this month. Um, so her and Eric's wife, Denise, they are actually going on a John Bon Jovi cruise um, I believe it's leaving out of Tampa, if I remember correctly. So our friend Denise is from Jersey. So Bon Jovi, I think, was probably uh, was probably played at every major moment of her life growing up. Um, that's pretty much the soundtrack to her life. And so um, this is sort of the girl's answer of, of them getting away since, since me and Eric are able to take another insanely cool guy's trip. And, uh, and so I lo look forward to hearing her her thoughts on it. We love cruising. We've never been on a, a celebrity or themed cruise, so that should be really, really interesting. Um, so yeah, um, besides that, in the news recently, it's something crazy because I was actually thinking about doing it on this tour uh, instead of going to Scotland. And so I'm, I'm highly uh, happy that I didn't do this. If you guys have not heard, you know, Iceland was, was big on the tour scene this last year or so. And so many people are trying to get... Um, uh, to Iceland, and so all these little budget airlines are trying to find ways. And so, so Wow Air, which was responsible for like eighty-nine to ninety-nine dollar flights, uh, round trip from uh, mainly New York, I think, I think maybe Philadelphia and maybe Boston or Newark uh, to uh, Reykjavik. So that airline actually just in the last couple of days has went bankrupt, and. So there were people that I want to say they said about a thousand people worldwide that had traveled on wow air and now were stranded. And literally when they arrived to the airport to take their next flight to go home or whatever else, um, were informed by a pamphlet that their airline no longer, you know, existed. And I can't even imagine, you know, yes, it's a budget airline and you haven't spent a whole bunch of money, but I can't even imagine the chaos that ensued. You know, th these people spent their money, you know, expecting to get the product they paid for and 
come to find out that product doesn't exist anymore and now they have to spend more money to go and 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 get a, a return flight with a with a, a different company which is probably going to cost them an arm and a leg compared to what they they paid originally um so i'm so overjoyed that i not uh um, choose to go to Reykjavik because i was actually looking especially when we were going to belfast of doing a multi-city trip uh, for those of y'all don't know, multi-city trip is where you, you know, fly into to literally multiple cities, and so you may fly from, from let's say Houston to Reykjavik, you know, spend a couple days Reykjavik to let's say Belfast, and then Belfast back to Houston. And um, I think our 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 cheap tickets to Scotland are going to pan out uh, uh, amazingly. So, but anyway, this is Dad Travel episode twelve. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. You know, um, um, please, pay, uh, please follow for future episodes. I know I've been in, inconsistent with, with getting them out, you know, but just like a lot of y'all, especially if you're a, a parent or a family man or family woman that listens to this episode knows life happens. And so, uh, life has been happening a lot in the last few months. So, so I'm going to do my best to get y'all, uh, at least one or two episodes a month. So, uh, but again, this is AJ Johnson signing off. Y'all keep traveling and keep paying attention to uh, where y'all want to go and put that down the bucket list. So, all right, see y'all later.